For an entire generation, people have experienced the Star Wars prequels the only way possible, in agony. But if you only seen them in this way, you haven't seen them at all. Now, in honor of the Star Wars Holiday Special, the biggest disappointment of a lifetime returns to the big screen in a way you've never seen before. Uba. Uba. Padme, there's no time to be having babies. Pitch it off, let's kick some arse. Ah! Okay! Hand me my nunchucks! With newly enhanced visual effects, mobile streaming, and a few new surprises, Disney and Stinker Madness want to welcome you back to relive the Star Wars prequels the way they should have been made. Instead of Jar Jar Binks, Is a they are all gonna die? The Gungan will be replaced by a bazooka carrying Chuck Norris. Time to die, you Tuscan son of a bitch. Anakin won't be a sniveling whelp. Instead, he's going to be a badass dude set on revenge for Mandalorians messing up his 78 Corvette. Those alien bastards are gonna pay for shooting up my ride. Revenge is not the way of the Jedi, Anakin. Unless I touch your car, then it's on. And Owen and Beru Lars as two badass spice smugglers hell-bent on fucking some shit up. We've got ten seconds to blow the door off this safe. We're all gonna die. Then I say we take as many of them as we can with us! Pissed that Darth Maul dies? Well, guess what? He doesn't. Instead, he's given a badass cybernetic body that's shaped like a spider. Uh, that actually happens in Star Wars The Clone Wars. Finally, the motion picture event made the way it was supposed to be experienced. For everyone who ever watched it the first time and thought, you know, this sucks. You saved us from the Emperor, Robocop, the Predator, and the Terminator. How can we ever repay you? You can start by coming over here and giving me a look at them poobies. The Star Wars Prequel Awesome Edition. See it again for the first time. Welcome to Stinker Madness. This is another excellent Christmas movie episode. That's right. I'm here singing it up. Yeah. Well, and thank you. Um, we've got uh, 15 bad movies. This is the beginning of our last 15 bad Christmas movies. 15 days of bad Christmas 15 movies. Bad days of bad Christmas movies. <laughs> the the days aren't bad. They're good. The movies are the thing that, that's bad. <laughs> I think they put me in Captain Hook's pants and there's some girl acting like a boy. I don't get it. But I like her. 
sharing this experience with us is the Dark Corners video podcast at youtube.com forward slash London Comedy Writers. Last week they reviewed Elf. Make sure you catch all these episodes. Or not Elf. Elves. elves. Demonic little elves. You know, there's only one elf. Is there? It's like a I demon. Don't remember I don't that. Yeah, it was weird. Okay. It was fun. If We Made a Movie podcast at ifwemadeit.blogspot.com is doing Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. I have not seen this film. I've seen the first one, and it is shit. I also want to see the second one. Uh, the Misanthropy blog at misanthropy.com, that's M-I-S-A-N-T-R-O-P-E-Y.com, is doing Santa with Muscles with one Hulk Hogan, who we all know is awesome on the big screen for bad movies. And the JT Movie Podcast, our good friends Ben and Matt, are doing Black Christmas at jtmoviepodcast.wordpress.com. This Black Christmas is not the one that everybody is familiar with. It's the 2006 remake that is supposed to be shit. Ah. Yeah, so uh, there you go. Follow all of us along on Twitter, social media, Facebook, uh, the Google Plus, and YouTube, wherever you can find it. At hashtag 15 bad Xmas movies. And if you don't know how to spell dark corners, it is D A R K C O R N E R E S. You wrote it down and you almost screwed it up. Hmm. Hmm. Just to well, give you spelled extra... anomaly or whatever that one was. Misanthropy. Misanthropy. You can't even say it. Of course I have to spell yeah, misanthropy. Yeah, you gotta spell that one. No. Huh. Well, Sam and Jackie are here with me. And one of us has got a more enthusiasm towards spelling today. <laughs> it's not me. That's the hint. <laughs> Justin. How are you guys? Are you guys in the Christmas holiday spirit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Because uh, uh... let, Let's cue this up. This isn't a particularly Christmas movie. This is a Life Day movie we've mm. got coming up. Christmas, I, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out after viewing it, but I'm not so sure. It, did, it aired in November. It did. It's a holiday special. Is it? Does Christmas get spoken during this movie at all? I wonder. Who knows? Life Day does. <laughs> the Wookie, the the magical, the most important day in Wookie, the calendar of well, Wookies. So far, we're only one for two. As Home Alone three wasn't really a Christmas movie. <laughs> ah, <but laughs> that's right. Was it's it? January, but was it January movie there? January 17th, Christmas lights still up. Yeah, yeah. And the spirit of Christmas was captured in that film, I still say. Hmm. And and the spirit of Christmas was also captured in the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special, so... We'll see if, if the spirit of Christmas is captured in this. My guess is no. <laughs> I, I don't see any possible way that the spirit of Christmas is captured in this film. I am so goddamn excited about this thing. I have been waiting my whole life to see this, and I finally took the time to get it. Uh, it is very hard to get. However, I will tell you a way to get it. You do have to pay for it, and you also have to listen to some people that are funnier than us. But it is uh, currently available via RiffTracks.com with Mike Nelson, uh, Bill Corbett, and uh, Kevin Murphy. From the Mystery Science Theater group, of course. Uh, I believe it's $10. It's a little steep, but you can watch it with them. The same way that we're watching it, with the commercials and everything. Right. So I want to I want to like, like let our listeners know that I have also not seen this movie, but I have heard one of the brilliant songs that that is part of this movie. Uh-huh. And it's, it goes a little something like this. <clears throat> what do you get? A Wookiee for Christmas when he already has a comb. 
And it's, you, it's in that weird little voice, too. Are you sure that that's in this? Yeah. Okay. I heard it on YouTube. Well, there's a whole lot of, like, Star Wars songs out there. Oh, well, this one was advertised as part of the yeah. holiday special. I am I'm Chewbacca! <laughs> I have no home! <laughs> That's a pretty sweet one. Yeah, it is. He <laughs> lives on the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> the Boba Fett one. My jetpacks. Got something or other. I drive a Corvette or something. I can't remember, but it's pretty awesome. There's good There's good fan stuff about Star Wars, but this is not either fan wanted good. <laughs> or good. <laughs> So, Fair enough. Yeah, so we'll get to this and uh, we'll get to that er, later. Um, <clears throat> let's get into the streaming do's and don'ts. But w- but this is our Christmas streaming do's and don'ts. We didn't spend a whole lot of time watching uh, Christmas movies because we were busy with this other bullshit uh, vicariously. Uh, it's a busy season in general, really. But uh, first, we did uh, The Christmas Cupid on Netflix starring... And nobody. <laughs> um, and it was an ABC Family movie. Mm, that should cure you off right there. Has anybody yeah, ever seen a good ABC have, Family movie? That, no, that, whatever. Home Alone 3 was the first time I ever even watched that. And that wasn't even their movie. Mm-hmm. I've still really never seen any of their original programming. It's terrible. There was one like this. <laughs> it's worse than the Sci Fi Channel. The film that won the Student Academy Award in 2000 was making fun of the ABC Family Channel so hard that I thought it was just like a joke. When it turned out to be real, I was like, holy crap, this is a real thing? I would like to see the ABC Family Channel and Lifetime get an arm wrestling match. And who would win? Well, I think Lifetime has got, you Do you know, think Lifetime's more badass? They've got Sarah Plain and Tall on their side. They got Meredith Baxter-Bernie. Oh, yeah. You know what? I can actually stand a lot to watch some of the Lifetime movies when I'm sick. I've got the flutes coming out both ends. <laughs> And you're like, Lifetime movies, yes! Whereas ABC Family gives you that (laughs) disease. And then Lifetime fixes it with Ginger Ale and uh, Lindsay Wagner. That's right. (laughs) Selling selling inflatable mattresses. Or is that uh, Susan Sarandon? Susan Sarandon doesn't sell anything. Other than hot boobies. (laughs) Thigh Master at one point. No, that's Susan Summers. Suzanne Suzanne Summers. Summers, Oh, Oh, yeah, okay. And there's Susan Powder as well. Too many Susans. That does the feed the kids used to. What is her name? Sally Struthers. Sally Sally Struthers. Struthers. Yeah, yeah. All those gals. Well, the Christmas Cupid is. uh, It's a Netflix. Do not. Thank you, Jackie's dad, for being like, hey, let's queue up a Christmas movie. And then he bails halfway through it, and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm starting to get into how crappy this thing is because it's like it's like Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. But set in modern times, and Marley is played by, like, a Miley Cyrus drunk character who dies by drinking a martini and chokes on it. Then she becomes a spooky ghost who also carries a martini. Now, here's my question. The filmmakers at one point thought that it would be a good idea for this character to throw the martini mm-hmm. onto other characters who are not dead, who are people... And leave the martini olive on the ground. Mm. Now, is the martini olive also a spooky ghost? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. That's my question about this film. I, you know, and and uh, honestly, me and and my mother Janet, who we've had, we who we have had on the show, and uh, Mel, who has also been on the show, we we came in about halfway through this movie, and the three of us were like, "What the fuck are you guys watching?" It was terrible. It was mm-hmm. so bad yeah. that, like, 
we there wasn't enough booze for the three of us to drink to really get into that movie. It was just more of us making fun of it and yeah. Mm. You know, no, don't. In its defense, I would rather watch it than the He Man and She Were Christmas special <laughs> again. So, yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah, there you go. Um, next is the Muppets Christmas Carol, which should be no surprise what your thoughts are, Jackie. Oh, it was fantastic. I've seen this movie. I went and saw this movie when it was a theatrical release with did my family. Did you really? Wow. I did. Huh. And I remember crying at the end. What is this, like 2005, four, somewhere in there? Yeah. No. If Henson was still alive when it was done, it was done in the 90s. Probably the early 90s. No way, dude. He yeah, died like, yeah, it would like have 15 to, years ago. It was. It would have he, had to been done before 1997 because I was in high I graduated high school uh, then. Yeah. And I was still living at home at that point. So You just dated yourself. <laughs> old fart. Old fart. <laughs> You're too old to be playing the mook. <laughs> the mook. Mark Montana. Oh, happy holidays, Mark Montana. Yay. Our yeah. number one fan. Jim Henson died in 90. Duh fuck. Duh fuck. I knew Duh he died when we were kids. Fuck. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, so it was it was a great movie. It's not a stinker. It, it is a really good movie. All right, well, there's your do's and don'ts. Jackie, what do you got on your segment this week? So my segment is, is usually, as you know, we were doing the movie... Guessing, and rant. then we, oh, the, we, the then stinker we, thinkers, right? Then we move to the rant, and because this is a holiday special episode, uh, we're gonna skip the rant in in lieu of the holiday season here. <laughs> Which because you're already ranting enough about the holidays. Happy holidays. Um. Anyway, so basically, what I'd like to do is go around the table here and let's talk about. Our favorite movie holiday quotes, or or scenes from a, a holiday movie that we have taken the true spirit of Christmas, or just kind of laughed our asses off at it. Mm-hmm. Okay. What you got? You want to start? Oh yeah, I'll start here. Uh, <laughs> so one of my one of my favorite ones is in Scrooge with Bill Murray. They had uh, the prop guy, and he brings up this little mouse, and he's like, "I can't get the antlers to stay glued onto this mouse's head," and. Bill Murray goes, just staple it. You still... <laughs> Why is it... Oh, because it's a real mouse and he's yeah. going to punch this... Yeah, know. just staple it, staple into its head. Karen Allen says, oh, you can't do that to that poor little mouse. Yeah. I think, uh, so I think Bill Murray's delivery was a little bit better than yours. Yeah, it was. But that was one of my favorite I'm going to follow you with also Scrooge. <clears throat> Bill Murray, if you've never seen this movie as a television producer... Amazing. He's the best in the biz. Mm -hmm. Very, uh, very Scroogey like. He says, <laughs> I want to see her nipples, but this is a Christmas show, says his assistant or whoever. And then Bill Murray says, Well, I'm sure Charles Dickens would have wanted to see her nipples. <laughs> that's fucking funny. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite Christmas movie. Period. I also think that, uh, Sam, are you going to bring us a uh, Scrooge Christmas Scrooge quote? Scrooge Christmas quote. It's Lee Majors. <laughs> oh, you've been a real good boy this year, Lee. <laughs> that is one of the best. The night the reindeer died. Yeah, it's one of the best <laughs> intros to every any movie I've ever seen. I lost my shit when I saw that. <laughs> I've got another one. Uh, this is from Silent Night, Deadly Night. <clears throat> you see Santa Claus tonight. You better run, boy. You better run for your life. You scared, ain't you? You should be. Christmas Eve is the scariest damn night of the year. Nice. Yeah. I think my best one, the one that I've laughed the hardest at, was uh, 
Christmas vacation. Shinner's full. <laughs> <laughs> and the one that I laughed the hardest at was actually during that Muppets Christmas Carol, where Kermit the Frog, who is Bob Cratchit, has a crippled son who has tied to him, and he's a little frog crippled, crippled frog kid, right? And they come back from church, and he gets all excited about the goose that Miss Piggy has made, and he's like, the goose, the goose, <coughs> and he starts coughing all over the goose, and they're, oh, sit down, Tim. <laughs> the oh, the disabled. <laughs> Hey. Oh goddamn! Cripple frogs get me every time. If only he fell down, it would have made Jackie's century. <laughs> it would have he fell, but the lymphoma killed him before he hit the ground. <laughs> no, that's actually funny. Yes. <laughs> the cues, the cues. <laughs> well, and also handicap news. Yeah, <laughs> I've got I've got something for you guys. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Speaking of the mentally handicapped, Kirk Cameron's Christmas is now number one on IMDb's bottom one hundred. It has defeated both Birdemic and the Bollywood masterpiece Gunday. Wow! For the top spot did in we, worst film ever made. Did we ever? Did we figure out how long Gunday was up there? Uh, I've been paying attention to it for off and on, probably I would say about two months, yeah. two to three months. So it's no, it's no baby geniuses, two super babies that was yeah. on there for about a year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Birdemic actually took it back over so, for that spot, but now this Kirk Cram- Cameron's Cramerons. <laughs> Kirk Cram- Cramerons. He's cramming shit in our face. Yeah. So is this a theatrical release? Yes. Yes. It, I don't know anything about this film other than that we must watch it. But the cover art is seriously Kirk Cameron with a Santa hat on, like, giving the same action pose as Arnold on the cover of Last Action Hero, where he's, like, swinging in, Hmm. like, in full kick-ass mode. I don't think he's saving Christmas as in, like, I'm saving Christmas because you've lost the Christmas spirit and I want you to remember Jesus. I think he's saving Christmas from the terrorists. Like, I think he's punching guys. I think he Harrison Ford's out. Hmm. Oh, I want to see this oh, thing. Oh, I am super pumped about it. Get like, off my plane, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Which jing- was not a Christmas movie. And Jingle Bells as and well. Jingle Bells. <laughs> but he can't swear. He can only punch bad guys. Non-believers. I don't even know if he can do that. Why not? Hey, you don't think non-violent? That, Kirk, that his hardcore Christian idealism isn't any different than, like, He's not allowed to punch Muslims because don't they know. don't believe in his hardcore Christian ideals. Maybe he does. I don't know. I don't know the man. Moses punched Muslims. I don't know if that happened or not. Yeah, well, <laughs> Moses really? was a general, though. I mean, yeah. there was war, and he was Jewish, so whatever. Exodus is a real bloodbath. Yeah, it is. It is a nasty. <laughs> That's why Ridley Scott has turned it into a movie. But then made all of the characters white. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go. Way to be. In Australian. Yes. Red-haired Australians, no less. <laughs> Shave his head. Nobody will know. Oh, I mate. Part the seas. <laughs> oh, my God. You're another strip on the body. Yeah, this, time, this time Moses loses. You got any be- Because he didn't have a donk. <laughs> <laughs> What's a and Joel Edgerton does have a dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I hope that the uh, If We Made It 
podcast can get their hands on uh, saving Kirk Cameron. It's not just saving Christmas, it's Kirk Cameron's saving Christmas. Is it Kirk Cameron apostrophe S? It is apostrophe S, but that could still also imply that Kirk Cameron's saving Christmas. saving Christmas. Is it possessive or is it... Conjunction. Conjunction. It sounds like it's going to be fucking awesome. I'm super stoked about it. It's got a 1.6 currently. The nice. lowest score of all time. Which, invite um, us! Invite us to watch it with you! Unfortunately, it's not Kirk Cameron's without any apostrophe, which would lead us to believe that there are multiple Kirk Camerons. <laughs> <laughs> he's multiple a twin. Kirk Cam- He's got clones or. Like. <laughs> That's the sequel. <laughs> yeah. The Clone Wars, starring Kirk Cameron. Epic. Uh, I look forward to that shit. Um, so, Sam, why don't you tell us about the Star Wars Holiday Special? Well, uh, 1978 was when this aired. It's directed by Steve Binder. You will, uh, remember him from such epic specials as the Elvis 1968 comeback Hey, guess special. what? I don't. Yeah, that was before <laughs> us. Petula Clark TV special. Who's Petula Clark? <laughs> Isn't she downtown? No, that's, that's- Patsy Cline. No, oh, where all the lights downtown are is not. Is it Patsy Cline? Is it Patula Clark? It might be Patula Clark. That sounds right now. Okay. Well, he also did the Diana Ross in Central Park special. Mm. When was that? That was 1983. So we were actually alive. Way post uh, Supremes. Then this is Diana Ross solo. Yes. Yeah. Now, so we were alive in the 80s. Yes. You guys just dated yourselves, assholes. Yeah. So apparently, on July 21st, 1983, Diana Ross took the stage in front of 450,000 people. Holy shit! 450,000 people! I thought you were going to cut it off at 450 and be like, whoa, 450 people's all that showed up. 450,000 people? 1,000 people. That is ludicrous. Were they giving away free popcorn? It was a free show in the Great Lawn at Central Park. It was going to be paid for... Because it was pay-per-view. However, <laughs> it started fucking raining crazy style. She tried to keep doing the show. They tried to keep doing the show. As a quote of Steve Binder, they were up to their ankles in the condu- in the production truck in water and ready to just get electrocuted oh and killed. Oh, my God. They had to cancel it. So the pay-per-view money back all gets refunded. Uh-huh. She tries to do the show the next day anyway. Uh-huh. Only 350 people show up. For the second 350 day. people or 350,000? 350,000 oh, okay, people okay, okay. show up the next day. <laughs> All right. But then roving street gangs of teenagers <laughs> start fucking robbing everybody. <laughs> oh, god damn it. This is awesome. <laughs> Wait, is this the movie we're watching? No, this the same great. director. I had to just bring this in because it's so ridiculous. Uh, so, yeah, they all get robbed. The city of New York loses $2.5 million on the deal. It was all set up to bring in this children's going to pay for a children's playground. In 1983 money, that's like $10 million a day. Yeah, and so they couldn't build it, so she just put up her own money to build the playground anyway, and it stands there to this day. Wow. What a yeah. nice lady. Yeah. That's the same guy who directed this. So he's got two epic fucking disasters <laughs> under his belt. Jesus. Um, I think it was an idea of where this thing is going. The head writer, and I don't want to make fun of the guy because he's written a lot of funny things, but he has no, he shouldn't be involved in this at all, is one Bruce Valanche. Oh, God. Yes. That's... Who, 
Right. Hollywood Squares. Yeah. Is it? Wait, where was this in his career, though? It's it said to be early on. I, mean, I don't know. I think Bruce, if you look at his IMDb, that guy's written for everything. Yeah, but is like Lucas calling him and being like, hey, no. this guy's funny, I want him, or is he like, this guy's cheap? I'm going Gary, cheap. Well, apparently Gary Kurtz, the one of the producers of uh, the Star Wars all of he was a line right. producer on various Gary, and he did Howard the Duck as well. Right. That was a nice feather in his cap. Yeah. Uh, Gary Kurtz was originally in charge of doing this, but they had too much pre-production in uh, Empire, so they just let 20th Century Fox hire a production uh, company to do this, whoa. and they brought in their own people, and then they used Lucas as a yes man. But there was no intermediary between Lucas and Valanche, and so they would get into arguments, most of which was about the fact that he forced Bruce Valanche to write the Wookiee dialogue, and he was like, it's too hard to write. This is ridiculous. Ah. And he had to write the dialogue syllab- <laughs> syllabically, I guess. How do you spell? How do you write that there? down? <laughs> Seems like there's a lot of R's, R's? in there. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of them are capital. Which I would think that you write the dialogue as if it's any other dialogue, like, hi, how are you? But then you just have the actor say, <laughs> like that. And that's how it goes. But apparently that's not it. You're supposed to write nonsense and people say it. context here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Vernacular. So uh, the notable thing about this is it introduces Boba Fett as a character. That's... A pretty big deal. Yeah. Boba Fett was not first seen in Empire Strikes Back. He was first seen in a cartoon that was a Canadian independent production as well, but that was farmed out to a Canadian uh, animation house. But that's the first uh, we ever see of Boba Fett, and he uses some, like, fork lance thing that never shows up again. Fork lance thing? Yeah, his weapon is like a fork lance. A fork lance? Fork like a, I don't like know a if trident? It, like a trident? But it only has two. Like, a trident would have three prongs. This has got like two. It's like a tuning fork that's big. <laughs> that's deadly as shit. And I don't know if it shoots anything. I just saw one photo of it and I'm sort of excited to see where they get, where they try to go with that yeah. thing. Yeah, me too. Is uh, he a bounty hunter, do you suppose? Yeah, I believe he's Boba Fett all the way. Oh, okay. That's like the like only thing. Boba. In fact, if you get one of the special, there's one of the special edition trilogies that you can get. They include the cartoon from the special, but not the special itself. Mm. Okay. Because the cartoon, apparently, the Canadians didn't screw that part of it yeah. up. Yeah. All right. And that same company went on to do droids and Ewoks. Oh, so they, I remember droids They fell and into Ewoks. good favor with uh, Lucasfilm. They were both pretty crappy, didn't Yeah, they? but they fell into favor with Lucasfilms because they were yeah. able to do those cartoons anyway. There's like two seasons of droids, and like I think Ewoks made it three. I thought they were both two, but I, mean, I should have looked that up. Uh, Carrie Fisher said that when Lucas conned her into doing the commentary for episode one, that the gift that he gave her for doing that, because she didn't want to do it, was a copy of this. Now, she says that she, when she has parties, she plays it to get people to leave. (laughs) It's like, instead of turn out the lights, the party's over, it's turn on the... Hollywood special, the party's over. Instead of bringing out Randy Quaid saying the shitter's full. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, your TV's full of shit instead. Yeah. Lucas, at one point, had said if he had enough time and a sledgehammer, he would track down every copy of this and smash it. I don't know if he said that before he gave it to Carrie Fisher. Like, that's the one copy he knows where it is mm-hmm. later, but I think he's too lazy to do any of that anymore. I wonder with, uh, you know, with him not owning shit anymore, how, like, this pans out. Like, do you think that Disney's going to be like, well, we can make a buck? Or are they going to do it again? Or are they going to do it again? 
Because here's another thing, and I didn't write this down either. Produced this by Fox. Did not, and I will tell you the no, sort of viewership numbers uh, it had, uh-huh. but it lost to ABC, who now owns the rights. And ABC right. beat it with an episode of um, that, what's the, Mr. What, the Island shit? With Tattoo and... Oh, Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island yeah. beat that. Or no, Love Boat. An, a general episode of The Love Dude, Boat. Dude, nothing beat beats The Love Boat. Uh, yeah, the Seriously, Love Boat, come on, man. A lot of people watch that show. Uh, it's exciting and new. James Earl Jones was not credited in A New Hope. <laughs> he is credited as the voice of Darth Vader in this, and then he's not credited again as the voice of Darth Vader until the end of Return of the Jedi, which is means that he wasn't on board with the Star Wars thing, but he'd lend him his voice. It turned out to be okay. He was like, oh yeah, I'll let people know that, that I'm Darth Vader. This happens, he's like, you can't tell people I'm Darth Vader. <laughs> you gotta get my name off this shit. <laughs> this is the shit that I thought you were going to make the first time. You're just making it the second time. <laughs> I read the script and I was like, Jawas, what the hell is this picture about? <laughs> you know? So he doesn't go, but he's not back on board until they have two full successful movies afterwards. Some nice Walter Matthau reference there for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which Walt, is, Walter Matthau, which is Kevin, Kevin Spacey, Spacey doing Walter Matthau, yeah. <laughs> Tie in. <laughs> uh, Carrie Fisher demanded a musical number. <laughs> She would not do it. She would not do this program. Singing and dancing in this thing. (laughs) Unless they gave her a musical number and then was horrified when she saw what it was. She's like, oh my god, I I have to do this because I demanded it, but now I have to do this. This is the worst shit ever. And it's actually just adding words to the original Star Wars theme that stink on ice. Oh my lord. (laughs) Jesus, yes. So they didn't bring in John Williams. So much more excited. They didn't bring in John Williams to do anything for this, but they did use some of John Williams' music and then just add lyrics to it. The Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly. That's. This is the part that I'm... a long time ago in a galaxy far away. And I believe it's the last musical number. So it's like, ladies and gentlemen, Carrie Fisher. (laughs) And she just, like, comes in to end the thing, probably with a poopy face, just like, she's dying inside, singing lyrics (laughs) to John Williams' music. (laughs) Um... Other things that were added by the production companies, apparently, they didn't think the cantina scene had enough aliens in it, so they brought in various other, uh, various other characters that were not, not enough involved. aliens. Not There's enough like, aliens. The cantina's just aliens. Aliens, but it wasn't crowded enough. <laughs> so, they brought in various other costumes, one being a giant rat from the movie Food of the Gods. <laughs> Which That's is just gonna, like, I'm looking for that to, like, Who's like, oh yeah, the giant rat. There's giant rat aliens in Star Wars. They have that. What was that fucking movie that we watched? Oh, Never Ending Story where there's like, are those fish people? Was it Never Ending Story? Yeah, yeah at the Ivory uh, Tower. Or the yeah, Tower. yeah. Like, what are they doing uh, here? Fish people? Were they, they must have been from another movie too. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars Holiday Special, probably. Uh, Chewbacca's family members, his father was named Itchy, his wife was Mala, and his son was Lumpy. <laughs> Later, Lucas tried to say, claim that they had real names and then made up some really long syllabic bullshit that I'm not even going to... Yeah, it's all crap. Like, yeah. But he incorporated Itchy, Lumpy, and Mala somewhere into the middle it's of these long <laughs> names that are just terrible. Lumpy was like Lumpy Walala Woo Woo or something like mm. that. It's mm. like, oh, that's so much fucking better. Yeah. yeah. Where'd nice. you go? His surname. All right. Keep an eye out for B. Arthur. <laughs> because her youngest son likes Star Wars, mm-hmm. Art Carney, okay. Harvey Corman, mm-hmm. and Jefferson Starship. 
I hope that the I hope that Jefferson Starship is the backing band to Carrie Fisher's Star Wars. I don't think it is. I, I hope they're they in have, the cantina. They have their own. Uh, they have their own number that they do. And they actually promoted theirs. Like they put because their album came out before this was done and aired. That was one of the selling points of the album is that it had a track from this special. Is <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Never mind. I was going to tell yeah. a, a Jefferson Airplane joke about uh, what's that got the, the stupid song about the Alice in Wonderland, and now it's not funny. Um, okay, is that? Are you done? Not quite. Okay. Everything's canon. They had to reference this shit for the last time that they tried to tie something into this. So to make it canon was in two thousand five. That's how long what they tied shit in. in. I can't remember. I should have looked that up. Yeah. But, yeah, there was a reference to this from another, and I believe maybe it was graphic novel, that tied into this somehow so that, yep, that's canon. It uh, was probably just Life Day or something. Over $1 million budget, 13 million viewers. Hmm. Wow. All right. That's not bad. Those aren't bad numbers, actually. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, for the improv, we are going to be playing uh, three CBS studio executives that uh, want to make a worse TV special. We're, we're short on time, so we got to make it quick. Let's get into it. All right. We are here, fellas and I'm Lou. ladies. You're Lou. You're Barbara. Barbara. I'm Jeff. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna come up with something worse than the Christmas holiday special. Uh, give me some ideas. Go. I think, I think we got to bring in Steve Steve Belkin for this. He's uh, he he proves that he can do it. He did this. He he's he's doing the the Diana Ross thing. Oh, the the same guy. Same guy. Same guy. Same well, work once bring... we can hit gold twice. Yes. Terrible gold. I think we should reuse the rat costume. The rat costume. Was, okay. All right. It was a hit. Okay. You know they've got more. One, they've got more than one of those. They got more than one. An of those army costumes. of rat people. An army of rat people. Okay. With uh, laser guns. Laser, laser guns. Laser, are not just, a motorcycle. We just did the laser guns with the Star Wars. I don't want to do. I like the motorcycle. Rats on motorcycles, though. Give me, give me more. Where, what are they doing? What, where are they going? What's their, what's their? They're killing shit. cats. They're killing cats. The rats Revenge. are killing cats. Merry well, Christmas, Mother Mowers. The head, the heads, the gloves, and the the feet. And they're uh, bikini ladies with the rats, but they're bikini ladies. Rat heads, bikini body. Bikini body, rat hands, rat feet. Rat hands. Oh, rat hands are creepy, though. But I like it. And sexy. Creepy and sexy. Tiny rat hands. Tiny rat hands. So they're not full-size hands, they're rat hands well, on full-size people. tiny rat hands, so it makes them sexier. Oh, okay. Because, you know, <laughs> oh, I know. Edge. I know what small <laughs> hands means. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're throwing down, and I get it. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. So they're on motorcycles. Where are they going? Where are they? What, what are they trying to do? They're killing the cats. Or they're going to Mail Mix Planet. Mail Mix Planet. Meow. Meow Mix Planet. No, because then we'd have to bring in advertisers. I don't like it. Give me something else. They're rolling across America, selling catnip. Selling catnip. I was going to spread the message of rock and love. <laughs> While on catnip. While on catnip. Whacked out of their gourds on catnip. It's like Easy Rider meets giant rats meets sexy giant rats with little hands. I like it. Print it and get to the chopper. 